0: The subject I want to bring today, felt in my heart, is the subject of the spirit of generosity. So the verses in the Acts describe very clearly how the New Testament early church had one mind to share all that they had and possessed with each other. They had a heart and a purpose to meet the needs of people that they saw around them. And by so doing, they demonstrated the love, the power, the grace of God. And it was evident to non-believers at that time that Jesus Christ had changed their lives because of the spirit of generosity they saw. Because Acts 2, verse 47, that Alison read, tells us that the believers enjoyed the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's fantastic, isn't it? So uh, this generous spirit had to come from somewhere and we believe it comes from God himself. Because we serve a gracious and a generous God. Galatians 4, verse 7 says, You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So as children and heirs of all that God has bestowed on us and given to us, then we should extend this same God like quality of the spirit of generosity to all the people that we see around us, to those that we know and those that we don't know. So as Christians and corporate church today, I believe that we are to be generous in all that we say, all that we do, all that we believe and all that we practise. Now, a lot of people today will say that they equate, equate generosity simply with the idea of being unselfish with our money or our finances. But I believe that generosity is a godly characteristic that we should show to people in lots of different ways. Generosity is all about giving our lives away. Just as we are told in Acts 20, verse 35, the apostle Paul was quoting Jesus here, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So we only have to look at the life of Jesus to see how he demonstrated the spirit of generosity and exemplified it to us. This is a generous and selfless lifestyle that Jesus lived. So this is something we should emulate as his children in a world where most people are concerned with their own needs and they're looking out for themselves. That's basically what it is. It's a selfish lifestyle that we uh, see in our world. So a spirit of generosity should be a distinctive of the Christian lifestyle. It's part of our daily worship of God. And that is how we live our lives each day. That's what worship is, laying our lives on the altar for Christ and living our lives for him. So when we submit to the uh, Lordship of Christ, then he uses that spirit of generosity in each of us to bring glory to himself and to extend his kingdom. So how should that spirit of generosity manifest itself in us as individual believers and also as the church. The first way I think, and I believe the Bible tells us, is that we are to be generous with our words. It's through our words that we can show love, true care, compassion to the world around us. Galatians 6 verse 2 tells us to carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the law that seeks to be compassionate to other people. So how we respond to one another in a time of need and crisis will determine how generous we are with our love and our concern for the other person. We read in Mark 6 that after Jesus and his disciples have been ministering to many people for such a long time that he just demonstrated his compassion for his disciples by suggesting that they go to a solitary place and rest a while because he recognized they hadn't had time to eat that day or to rest or think, there'd just be no time. So he encouraged them to take time apart to a quiet place and get some rest. He spoke words of understanding into their situation. And this meant that they were able to go away and recuperate. Sometimes our gracious words of love and support and understanding will bring healing and life to people who are wounded in their hearts and spirit. We don't always know what people are going through, but our words can help them. Proverbs 15 verse four says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I just hope and pray that all of us have that soothing tongue and that we don't use a crushing tongue with people because our words should always breathe new life into other people to produce that good fruit in them that we want to see so let's learn to listen to one another so that we can pray effectively for each other and bring words of encouragement to their situation let's learn to be generous in our encouragement and bring hope because 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 tells us therefore encourage one another and build each other up This is something we're asked to do and it's something that we should try. It's a characteristic that we should all be displaying in our lives. And if it doesn't come easily or naturally to you, then ask God, who is the Lord of all compassion, to give you that characteristic, to use that spirit of generosity in your care, compassion, encouragement of other people. We should also aim to be appreciative of each other and to be gracious in our thanks for them, for who they are, for what they do, for what they mean to us. The Apostle Paul often thanked the recipients of his letters and epistles for sharing their resources with him in his time of need. He also named and uh, thanked his co-workers for their words of encouragement when they... uh, When he needed to hear their words in his hour of need he was often in dire straits and in prison and he thanked them for their words of encouragement. In Philippians 4 verse 9 he asked the readers of his letters to put into practice all the things they'd heard him say and do and preach. Now you can only advise people to follow your example when you've been practicing those very things yourselves. And certainly Paul practiced the spirit of generosity in all that he said and wrote and did. So let's be willing to express our thanks to someone who is a blessing to us and to commend that person when it's uh, relevant. Because when we honour and show respect to someone, it shows a generosity of spirit that blesses them immensely. You'll have no idea how your honouring words can bless somebody else. And a generous spirit that speaks out kind words will demonstrate our care for each other. And our care and concern for each other is an attitude of our hearts. I want to read you a story about a woman's experience when she visited a church in Africa that she'd not been to before. A woman was invited to a Zulu church for the first time. She went and was very conspicuous as she was the only white person there. The people welcomed her, translated the service for her, made her feel thoroughly at home. They had an offering for the building of the new Zulu church nearby, and a bit later in the service they took up another offering for Zulu Christians who had no shoes. By this time in the service, the lady had put into the offering box all the money she'd brought with her. So imagine how she felt when they took up a third offering, because by now she had no money left to give. However, it was then announced that the offering was to be given to the white sister for her petrol money. This lady came away from the church with an entirely new perspective on Christian giving. I just thought that was a lovely story. How wonderful that these people were so kind to this lady. And Romans 12 verse 10 tells us, honor one another above yourselves. Might sound a tall order, but we are Mm. commanded to do that. Philippians 2 3 to 4 says in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you looking to the interests of the others so we can learn to bless each other by on, with our honoring words and by the care and compassion that follows those honoring words our words should always be used to bless other people because when we do that we serve the Lord and we serve his people. 1 Peter 4 verses 10-11 express how we can be generous with the use of our ministry gifts, which includes our words. And this is what it says. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. I'm going to ask a few questions here because that made me think when I read that. How do you and I speak to other people every day? Do we believe that we speak the very words of God in order to encourage and bless and inspire them? Are we willing to serve one another and our communities with God's strength in order to bless them with the words of life that we should be speaking into their lives? Are we also willing to give freely of our time and energy investing in spiritual lives of other people because when we share the knowledge and wisdom that we have and that god's deposited within our hearts then they will grow spiritually and produce fruit so our spiritual generosity in what we share with other people will help them to grow on their own spiritual journey it's all about having a generous spirit that can be used by the holy spirit to bring glory to god and increase his kingdom so Not only are we to be generous with the words that we speak to other people, but how else can we demonstrate a generous spirit? Secondly, I believe we can be generous in our actions because Jesus taught his disciples to love each other just as he loved them and given his life for them. John 13, verse 34, he says this, A new commandment I give you to love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So we're exhorted to love each other in exactly the same way as Jesus. But what does that look like? Well, we read earlier about the early church putting this sort of unconditional agape love into practice. They sold land and possessions to help meet the needs of the poor people around them. And that's how the world at that time knew that they were Christians and disciples because they saw the same love that Jesus showed in the lives of these people. Good works always go hand in hand with sharing the gospel. It's not good enough just to have good works, but when we love Jesus and we put good works into practice and we share the gospel, people understand how much the love of Jesus is acting through us. So they had a generosity of spirit that could only have come from the Holy Spirit himself. Now, these were the same men who not long before the death of Jesus had been arguing about who the greatest one amongst them was. I find that incredible. Now there was no argument about who was the greatest or the best disciple because they were all understanding Jesus' love was a humble love. So they were totally concerned with the needs of others and the Bible tells us they had all things in common. I believe we have to show God's compassion, kindness, love and grace to other people whom we need, that we find are in need. We have to act in just the same way. There's a saying that actions speak louder than words and so the word love here is often translated as action. I'd like us to think about that. Whenever we're doing things for Jesus, recognize that we're showing his love. So displaying a loving and selfless spirit of generosity in our actions ought to underscore all that we do and practice. When we bless other people, we are embracing the teachings and practices of Jesus. If we go on to read in Mark 6, we read about the account of Jesus when he fed the 5,000. And he saw the crowd, and the Bible says he had compassion on them, so he began to speak words of grace and minister to them through healing. But when it became late in the day, his compassion for them extended because he saw how hungry they all were. They'd been standing around all day listening to his ministry. So he met that hunger need through an amazing miracle when he provided food for 5,000 men plus women and children. There could have been 10,000 there all from a simple lunch of five loaves and two fishes. Jesus wasn't a miser when he fed those people. He was overly generous because it said there were several baskets of fragments picked up afterwards to feed many more hungry people. So he didn't use just words to comfort them. He went on to use his actions to bless them when he saw that need. Now, all of this took up his time, his energy, when he was already very tired from ministering but this act of compassion by Jesus shows us that he sets us the right example we need to have that same attitude of heart that he had so as individuals in a church uh, level 10 church i think god wants us to be generous towards people that we meet who are in need proverbs 22 verse 9 says the generous will find them sorry the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor Meeting specific needs, like buying food to put into hampers and distributing to needy families who have those needs, will take up time and energy. We recognize that. But when we do such things, we exemplify the love and the care and the compassion of Jesus. And we draw people to know Jesus for themselves. Acts chapter 9, verse 36, talks about a lady named Dorcas. She lived in a, a, a place called Joppa it's a place just south of of modern day Tel Aviv the Bible tells us she was always doing good and helping the poor we're told she made robes and clothing for poor people and for the widows who would be left homeless and penniless after their husband died but when she became sick and died they called for Peter to come to them because he was nearby and he prayed for her and she was raised from the dead and the Bible tells us that Uh, This deed became known all over Joppa and many people believed in in Jesus. God brought her back to life so that she could continue her good work of good deeds and, and helping other people. Hebrews 13 verse 16 tells us don't forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. I want to give you an example from my own childhood. In the early 60s, my parents had separated. My father, who was a sergeant major in the uh, American army, he he lived like a single man back in the USA. And my mother was living in Britain here, caring for my brother, my sister, and myself. We were quite poor in those days. We didn't have a lot to live on. But she heard about a very poor elderly man living in the next street that he had very little to subsist on. And so every Sunday, when she made our one weekly roast of the week, she would manage to eke out another portion for this man my brother would carry a tray to him with a drink and a, a meal on it and she did that for him every Sunday for the next few months up to nearly a year I think before he died and he said how grateful he was for this extra food and this extra sustenance. Now her example of kindness and compassion when we had so little ourselves meant an awful lot to me, and it taught me a lot about the generous spirit that Christians have to show the world and the spirit that God is looking for in all of us. And 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 tells us this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us everything we need for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. When we are generous in our lifestyle and action, we are laying up treasures for ourselves in heaven, the Bible tells us, which is a wonderful thought. So let's be willing to use our homes and our possessions in order to bless other people. Be willing to share what we have with those that we meet who are in need. Be generous with our hospitality, because not only will it bless other people who are the recipients, but it blesses us as the givers. So displaying this selfless spirit of generosity must underscore all that we do and practice in our personal and our corporate church life. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 tells us, God has placed in his church gifts of helping. Now, when we demonstrate this attitude, then people will be drawn to our lifestyle. They'll want to know who is this Jesus that we serve. So let's look at a third way that we can demonstrate the spirit of generosity besides our words and our actions. The third way and the final way is to be generous with our finances and our money. Do you know all that we have Uh, comes from the gracious hand of God himself and we need to acknowledge and recognize that fact that everything we have and own comes from him. Before King David died he provided huge amounts of material for King Solomon to build the temple and he encouraged people to give generously to the fund. He said in his prayer in 1 Chronicles 29, wealth and honor come from you Lord, everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So if we understand that everything we have and own comes from the gracious hand of God himself, then we should be willing to be generous with our money, giving freely where God directs us and learning to sacrificially bless his church and those people that we meet day by day who are in need. So the first principle we need to learn as individuals is that we should honour God with our money, with our tithes and our offerings. Now, tithing was taught as a life principle in the Old Testament and the New Testament as being the right way to honor God with all that we have, our finances, the things that we planted and were grown. Um, In the Old Testament, God rebuked his people through the prophet Malachi for withholding their tithes and offerings from him so that the priests in the temple were left without sustenance. This is the way they lived. They were provided in the temple by the gifts that came in. So God said he was being dishonored by his people's selfish heart and attitude. He told his people they were robbing him and so he wasn't going to bless them as, they, as he wanted to. He issued them with a challenge. We read in Malachi 3 verse 10, he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. Amazing verse there, he asked God uh, God asks his people to test him, and if they honored him with a tenth of their income, then they'd see how great a blessing would be upon their lives. So basically, if God has given to us everything we have through Jesus, he's given us our salvation, our freedom from sin, he's given us the blessings of health, our jobs, our provision each day, of food, sustenance, the blessings of family, everything we have comes from him, then surely we should be willing to give back everything we have and own to him. So that means submitting our lives to him and our wealth to him. But when it comes to money and income, we often find that we're not so keen to hear this message. It's not so palatable to our ears. And in Mark chapter 10, we heard read earlier the passage about a man who asked Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? He didn't understand that salvation and eternal life were not to be inherited. They were a gift from from God to us when we accept his son and we submit our lives to his lordship. All he had to do was submit everything, his life and his wealth, to Jesus, and he would inherit eternal life. But he was reluctant to, to submit his wealth to Jesus because... His wealth was his God. His money was his own to do with as he wanted. His money was his Lord, in fact. And so he couldn't make Jesus the Lord of his life. He placed great emphasis on his earthly possessions. And the Bible tells us that he went away very sad. Mm. What he didn't understand was that if he submitted his life to Jesus and his wealth, it would bring him great joy and he would receive so much more in return. That's the beauty of Jesus. his love. When we give it all to him, he gives us so much more back in return. He blesses us in ways that we couldn't possibly ever understand. I just want to give you an example. In 1971, Paul and I made a decision to give up our jobs, which were very good jobs, to go to theological training college to train for the ministry. Now Paul was an electrical and mechanical engineer. He was also studying plastics engineering, which was an up and coming thing in those days. And he was learning good money and doing very well. I was working as a medical scientific officer in biochemistry, a laboratory in the pathology department of a large city hospital. I was training and studying at the same time and learning, and I loved that profession. But we both felt God asked us to leave our jobs to train for the ministry and uh, some of our friends would probably have thought we were absolutely stupid giving up well-paid secular jobs to do that to move into a ministry that was poorly paid but we felt god wanted us to do something different with our lives and we said okay we'll submit our lives to you our wealth to you our wealth of the future our homes our family we'll submit it all to you and go to bible college And we did that, and by responding to his voice and his call, we have been blessed so amazingly. So it doesn't happen just for people going into ministry, it's for all of us. Whatever we have and own, if we submit it to God, he will bless us abundantly in return. Because it's all about our willingness to obey God's voice in all areas of our lives, including our finances, that causes his, his blessing to come into our lives. We're asked to be a generous people to live a lifestyle of generosity where our finance is concerned because God has promised he will bless us. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 8 says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. God loves a cheerful giver. It's the attitude of our hearts towards our money that is important here. Jesus commented on the actions of of the widow in Luke 21, when she put in two small pennies into that offering box, two copper coins. It was a tiny amount of money, and it was little in comparison to what other people were putting in, but he said, she will be remembered for this because she's given everything she owns. She put in her total wealth at that point. Jesus sees into our hearts. He knows what we have. He knows what we own. He knows our attitude of our hearts. And he's able to see that what we own and possess should belong to him. And are we giving it to him? Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be given to you. For the, With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So not only should we be giving the Lord our tithes and offerings willingly, but secondly and finally, as a church, we should be willing to financially support those people who are serving the Lord as missionaries. We know that some people are working in very difficult parts of the world. There are different missionaries and Christian organisations that the church can support willingly with finances and prayer. Mm -hmm. Paul and I have always believed when we were leading our church in Southampton that... If we were willing as a church to support those serving in foreign places that our church would never go out of existence. We would be greatly blessed by God because God is no man's debtor. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 11.25 says a generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But the converse is also so true. In the previous verse, it says one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. So we have found in our own lives, as we give freely, God has blessed abundantly. I just want to read you one short story about a woman's generosity in Poland. Paul Fried was the president of Trans World Radio. When he visited Poland some years ago, he was introduced to a Christian widow who lived in a simple one-room shack in a small village near to Warsaw. This lady told him that a friend had invited her to listen to the radio in her home. She said, for the first time in my life, I heard of Jesus Christ. My son and daughter listened also, and I can't tell you of the joy we had as we dropped to our knees at the end of the broadcast and we found Jesus Christ as our personal savior that night. As Paul Freed was leaving, the widow touched his arm and asked, why is there only one broadcast a week for 30 million Polish peoples who don't know Christ? His reply was that they didn't have the money to broadcast more often. The woman walked to the corner of the room, pulled an envelope from a crevice in the wall, and she offered what was obviously all the money she owned and possessed. Paul refused to take it, but she looked at him and she said with great dignity, Sir, I am not giving this money to you. I am giving it to Jesus Christ. What a great attitude to have. Everything she owned, giving to the ministry of Jesus. So sometimes our giving will be sacrificial. Sometimes our help and support to other people working in the mission field will be uh, hard for us to do. But God will always honor us when we obey him and make sacrifices. When we love Jesus with all our hearts then it will be evident in the way we live our lives and demonstrate a generous spirit. 1 John 3 17 says if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children let us not love with words or speech but with action and with truth. So God's placed a huge and vast resource of wealth at our disposal Let's aim to be generous and willing to share what we have with others. And in conclusion, let us all as individuals and as a church seek to be generous in spirit in what we say to other people, how we behave towards other people, and how we use what we have for God, for the benefit of the kingdom of Christ. These are principles of the kingdom lifestyle that I believe we should emulate. And by doing so, we honour Jesus. So may God help us each to aspire to his standard of serving with that gracious spirit of generosity and grace. God bless you.